Ghost of the Shoals by Sandra M. O'Dell Farrah Dupree always wore her hair up tight. You ever hear of Muscle Shoals, Manny? She said one afternoon. We sat on the back porch steps of Rock Bottom Studios, her with a cigarette, me with a long neck bud, thinking about how good it'd feel if she smiled my way. Some of the best music in the world came out of Muscle Shoals, all the big names. Aretha, Rolling Stones, Leonard Skinner, Wilson Pickett, Bob Dylan, Percy Sledge. The sun beat the sweat out of me and cut dusty shadows through the trees around the edge of the gravel parking lot. Yeah, they say the Tennessee River is what makes the Muscle Shoals sound. Farrah made a face and pinched a cherry off her smoke. It's just water. She tossed the butt onto the gravel and went back inside. Funny her saying that, seeing how she was always going down to the Cumberland River late at night. Farrah didn't play the piano so much as the piano wanted to be played. The keys rose up to meet her long fingers, and her whiskey angel's voice would have made the devil himself crawl back on his knees to God. She was the next Etta James, or Amy Winehouse, the next Aretha Franklin. Most sessions, she settled behind the keys, put her beer beside her on the bench, and we knew what she wanted without her saying a word. Phil on the drums, Marty blowing sax, me on bass. Other times, we couldn't help but gape like fish at a mermaid. Pete said he'd set up the record. I don't know where she's been hiding, but the Grammy's hers for the taking, or I'll eat my left nut. I watched through the booth glass as Farrah headed for the back porch with her smokes. I heard that. Phil said Farrah had some kind of cancer. Look at how skinny she is. Marty wondered if she had HIV. Her skin's all ashy even with lotion. Pete was certain she was coming off the horse. Sometimes she gets the shake so bad we have to cut a session early. Me? I didn't know and didn't see a reason to ask. We all got ghosts. I figured Farrah Dupree had her reasons to come into the studio, cash in hand and trailing ghosts behind. Farrah didn't talk much to the rest of the guys, but didn't seem to mind me. Maybe because I didn't ask questions or play her up. Not that I didn't want to. It just wasn't cool to push a woman if she didn't give you a sign. Most nights, we'd sit out back together and talk music or grab a bite at Daylene's on Mercer Street. I'd have a burger, and she'd have raw shrimps or bluegill, sometimes with a salad. Never saw her eat anything cooked. There were no health inspectors around, so Daylene figured Farrah was willing to pay. She was willing to serve. Only one time did Farrah talk more than music. We sat in the back booth near the jukebox with the out-of-order sign taped across the front glass. The dozen or so folks left us alone. They'd seen her kind before. Farrah was just another musician in town to make a record. She'd finished a bowl of shrimps and reached for my glass of water before she realized what she was doing. She pulled her hand back like the glass had grown teeth. I pushed the water towards her. Go ahead. I don't want it. Farrah got a strange look on her face, 
like she hated that glass of water more than she'd ever loved anything in her life. She mopped at sweat pouring down the sides of her face and called Daylene over and ordered a bud. I didn't say anything and neither did Farah until the bottle was empty. I got the sense she set the bottle down when she really wanted to throw it. No thanks. You sure? Her eyes flashed like lightning deep inside a storm cloud. I still got two nights. In the end, we cut ten tracks in seven days, start to finish. We were tight, some of the best music we'd ever made. The last night, Pete shut down the sound room, but Farrah kept noodling, and we just went along with it. Couldn't help ourselves. Her music swept us up and carried us away, and we didn't mind one bit. Let me tell you, she'd never been more greasy or beautiful or raw than she was that night. It was getting on to midnight, and the music changed. Farrah leaned into every aching note, pulling from deep inside, the piano crying her name over and over again. That's when I noticed the naked woman standing in the far corner, pale where Farrah was dark, hair like river grass and eyes like the moon. Water flowed down her body and spread across the floor. The others must have seen her too, because we all stopped playing, all but Farrah. She stared at the naked woman, smiled through clenched teeth, ripped the combs out of her hair, and let fly a storm cloud of dark curls. Water came pouring off Farrah's body, splashing brown into the woman's green. The smell of her filled my nose, Farrah all around me, so alive and glorious I was happy to drown for her. Then the music changed again, and I wasn't drowning. I was flying free of the river, free to make the music, not just inspire it. The wet woman watched her play, happy, sad, I couldn't tell. With that last note, Farrah smiled at me like I always wished she would. Then she disappeared with the pale woman and a rush of muddy river water that swirled around my boots. Gone. When I played anymore, my fingers bleed muddy river water. Like I said, ghosts. This has been a Podcastle Miniature. Ghost of the Shoals was written by Sandra O'Dell. And folks, it's a Podcastle original. Sandra lives in Washington State with her husband, sons, and an Albanian miniature moose masquerading as a dog. Her work has appeared in such venues as Podcastle, Pseudopod, Daily Science Fiction, and Crossed Genres. She's currently hard at work avoiding her second novel. Find her online at writerodell.com or on Twitter at writerodell. Your narrator was podcaster editor Khalida Muhammad Ali. She of the smoothly soothing voice. Thanks for listening.